It's good to be with you this morning. Good to uh, get to share with you. My man is full on rock and roll today, breaking guitar straps. <laughs> oh man, what's the, what's the, the whole time I'm, I'm thinking about is how heavy a Les Paul guitar is. That's what I'm thinking about the entire time that's going on. I was like, oh, he's still gonna lead us like that. Okay, that's not that's a feat. Like if you've never picked one up. Oh man, it's uh, we uh, we've been in this series, uh, life goals, this uh, study on Proverbs. Today we are uh, continuing on in the series, and uh, uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you today we're talking about money. And uh, so if you're visiting with us today, it all it never it never fails. It's like we have like somebody that will come and visit and be like, well, I went to that church one time, and all they talk about is money. Okay, well, come back another Sunday. <laughs> okay. If, uh, if especially if you're not a believer and you're like, oh man, they're talking about money, uh, it's it's all over Scripture. I mean, it's all over it. We don't talk about it enough, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just one of those things. Uh, you know, Nathan even even made mention of that. Uh, but uh, I mean, we just we just sang you know that line of that song, "More than all riches, Jesus is better." Um, and the truth is, is that our money actually shows if we believe that or not. Uh, that's that's the funny thing about that, and that's kind of what Scripture teaches us to uh, to see about you know money and you know our things and all that good stuff. But uh, anyway, this morning we're gonna we're gonna dive into that and uh, and look at that. If you've got a Bible and you want to get it out, we're going to the book of Proverbs. Surprise, surprise! And uh, we uh, be glad for you to have one of these Bibles. Our ushers have some. If you don't have one, uh, they'll bring you one. Just throw your hand up. Let them know you need it. If you need it to keep it, it is yours. It's a gift. You can have it. Um, so we would love for you to be able to take it and uh, and use it um, today. We'll we'll start in, in chapter three, but uh, we'll we'll be bouncing a lot uh, today. Uh, and to be honest with you, man, there is so much, so much. Uh, uh, here's the honest truth: there's so much just in the book of Proverbs about money that we could probably make a series out of it. Uh, you know, and um, and by the way, if you're here and you're younger, like let's say you're a teenager, you're Young twenty-something or whatever, whatever, whatever like place in life you think God's going to opt you out on the money thing. Don't don't even go there. Don't think that. Okay, uh, one of the best things that ever happened in my life <clears throat> was that my parents taught me what giving looked like as a kid, and so even with my allowance, my parents didn't make me give, but they helped me understand what God's word said about it. And they challenged me to it, as a good parent would. Uh, and this is one of those things I think that most parents probably don't think a whole lot about with maybe teaching their kids or whatever. Uh, truthfully, I think there's a, there's a lot of folks that don't know what giving looks like, what biblical giving looks like, uh, what our money should look like, whatever. Um, you know, and, and in fact, you know, we're going to study a lot other than just giving, but we're going to talk about giving too. Uh, as part of this, because Proverbs just is full of it's full of warnings, it's full of trying to help us uh, be better with our money. You know, you know, money is it's one of those it's one of those things we all want to know what we are supposed to do with it. We're all looking for answers for help with it, uh, and we all want more of it. But the truth is, is a lot of folks, a lot of folks, maybe younger in their faith, maybe they just were at a place in life where they weren't paying attention in the past when they heard it taught about, uh, but maybe they are now, uh, I just challenge you, that it, in, in the bottom hole of this whole thing, just seek the Lord through this. This isn't Chris telling you what to do with your money today. I have no dog in that hunt. That is between you and the Lord, completely between you and the Lord. But I encourage you to be mindful that Scripture is full. Jesus, what he just said, Jesus taught about money all the time. He talked about it all the time, all the time. Why do you think that is? I'll tell you why it is. It's because he knew that we would struggle in our hearts with it. He knew that we would cling to it. He knew that we would take it and and be like, that's the thing that's going to protect me once I get it. And then he spends all this time trying to warn us from it. And the scripture's doing the same, and, and, and today we need that. We need to hear that. And maybe you're here today, maybe you come in today and you're like, man, Chris, I, you don't even know our money struggles. Man, we're really struggling right now. I hear you, okay? 
maybe you're here today and you're like, man, God has truly blessed me, blessed us in some major ways. I'm, I'm, I'm so, it's so crazy. Sometimes I just don't even know what the Lord wants me to do with that, you know? Then uh, there too, I just encourage you to seek the Lord in that. Uh, as, as, as we're even talking today, maybe you're just praying and asking God to, to show you what that looks like. Uh, Proverbs 3, let's, let's start there. Proverbs 3. Uh, I think this is a good foundation passage, if you will. Uh, and, and the reason I think so is because uh, we've already discussed it a little bit, so I don't have to teach, teach it necessarily too much. But it's a, it's a constant reminder of, of you know, where we're supposed to be in relationship with the Lord himself. Proverbs 3, 5 says this. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. You're like, well, Chris, that didn't say anything about money. You're right. You're right. But I think it's the perfect springboard as we're studying this book to understand that even as you know, God was using Solomon to write this and he's pinning this, that one of the things that we can know is that he's starting off this book with these very important pieces of understanding wisdom and what wisdom is about and these important pieces of it. And this is one of those pieces. And he's like, you can't go forward with the rest of this until you've got this. So the big, one of the biggest questions of the day today is, do you trust the Lord? Do you really trust him? Do you have a healthy fear of him? And we talked about that many weeks ago. Uh, you know, I think it's easy for us to lean on our own understanding. Verse 5 and 7, be not wise in your own eyes. I think it's easy for us to, to, to be wise in our own eyes and to lean on our own understanding. We, we become specialists, right? You know, at the things that we do and at life, and we think we kind of at points have life kind of whooped, you know, where maybe we struggled along the way at different times with certain things or whatever it is, but... You know, the truth is, is that God doesn't want us to lean on our specialties. He wants us to lean on him. What does that look like? What's that look like? You know, first of all, we have the trusting. Will you trust the Lord? And what's it say? It, you know, with all your heart. Right there, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, and I truly believe that our heart is what the Lord wants. He doesn't need our money right? He can do whatever he wants to. He asks us to bring back a portion of our money, which is really his to begin with. We're just managers of the stuff while we're here, we to, to kind of to lay that one out there for us today. Um, it's all his. And he's saying, bring some of it back to me. Why would he say that? What goes back to what I started with earlier, which is an understanding for us that the reason that Jesus taught about money all the time and talked about money all the time was because he knew that we would struggle in our hearts, in our hearts, right? That we would cling to it, that we would think it's the most important thing, that we would worship it. Or that we would worship what it brings us, right? And so here, trust in the Lord with all your heart is so important for us because it's a real question that it's easy for us to answer, oh yeah, I'm trusting the Lord with all my heart. Okay, all right. Does that mean that we'd see that in every area of your life? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I if, I, if I'm going to really sit down and, and, and take a time to evaluate my life between me and the Lord, uh, that question right there is going to get to the nitty-gritty real fast of a whole lot of things of whether or not I'm really, really trusting in the Lord as if I'm trusting in the Lord. Trusting him with all of the things, with all of my heart, in all of the things and areas of my life. That's, that's big. That's huge. Do not lean on your own understanding. Be not wise in your own ways. Fear the Lord. And then, you know, toward the end of this, it says this, and I love this verse 8. It says, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Here's the beauty of, of something like giving is when we give, We've been freed. We're freed from it. We're freed from the bond of money itself. We see that throughout Scripture. It's, it's amazing 
the things that God does in us. Again, because he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it, you know? So I want to, we're going to kind of machine gun several Proverbs here, if you will, with me. Uh, and I don't have time to talk about all of it. And honestly, I'm leaving a bunch out that I wish I wasn't, but it, it just is what it is. And, and these are the ones that the Lord led me to to say, hey, we've got we to gotta at least hit this. Uh, Proverbs 12.9. Proverbs 12.9 says, Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. Better to be lowly and have a servant than to play the great man and lack bread. We're going to come back and talk about that. Proverbs 13, 7, told you, I'm going to jump around here. One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. These two, these two verses here are very much you know, talking about the same thing while I'm lumping them together. Uh, this is a keeping up with the Joneses thing, you know. And we may say, you know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about what other people think of me. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm not worried about whether people think that I've got this or I've got, you know, or, you know whatever. I, I get it. You know, some people struggle with this more than others. But the truth is, is that somewhere deep inside, we all do care about what other people think. And at some point in our life, at some point, whether it was you were a kid in grade school and... You know, they had the cool shoes and you had the knockoffs. Thank you, Walmart and cheap mom. Uh, you know, there, there were moments where I wanted Nikes too, right? You know, and I didn't want the winner's choice uh, sneakers or whatever it was. Uh, but you know what? The Lord teaches you things along the way, right? And, uh, you know, but, but it's just true. And, and these are warnings. Again, this is, you know, this, this, is, this is God warning us to not fall into these things. And it's so dumb, but we fall into it. And we try, you know, we try to keep up, you know, and it may, maybe we're doing it, you know, in some, just one little area of our life, or maybe we're doing it on a bigger scale, or maybe we're constantly looking at like, you know, talking about, oh, we need a, you know, a house, we need this, we need that. The term we need in America is almost a joke, folks. It's almost a joke. We are the best at talking ourselves into what we need that we don't need. We talk ourselves into saying things like, I don't have enough money. I don't make enough money. If you've ever not had money, and, and some of you may be there right now, by the way, and I recognize that, but if you have ever not had money, you know how hard it is to make it. And in this day and age, the way things continually go up and up in price, and that becomes even harder, right? But I think for us to be real with ourselves about what it really means to need something versus we want something. Oh, I want better things. I want a better car. I want a better house. I want better this, that, whatever, fill in the blank. doesn't matter. we got to be careful because at the end of the day, we, we've, we've gotten into a place in this world because of, partially because of living in America that we think if we don't have something that is sometimes ridiculous, then we talk ourselves into believing, oh, everything is falling apart. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Everything, really? You going without eating? You been paying your bills? Has the Lord been providing? Your kids doing Okay. You have good health? Has God blessed you with people that you love? How about your salvation in Christ? You see, we are so guilty of immediately measuring our wealth with what our bank account looks like or what we've got in a storage shed or whatever it is. 
that we have missed the, the point of what the Lord has called us to do while we're here, even with the things that he has given us to manage. Don't fall into one pretends to be rich yet has nothing. Don't fall into uh, being the guy who plays the great man but lacks bread. Don't do that. Don't, don't get yourself eyeball deep in debt. God called me to, me and Aaron to serve years ago in a community uh, down outside of Memphis. It was a very, very wealthy community. It was, it was kind of strange because I went from uh, being the youth pastor at a church in East Nashville, and we're talking about 20-something years ago, almost 25 years ago or something like that, uh, you know, where, when we were there. And um, <laughs> that, that was not hip then, okay? So if you get what I'm saying. And, man, we ministered to a lot of, I ministered to a lot of students who literally lived in poverty, okay, like real poverty. Like we, you know, we worried. We were making sure, trying to help make sure that kids were getting food and stuff. Uh, to God leading us, which I really kind of fought, to be, to be honest with you. I had a hard time with even thinking about going there at first, but um, God convicted my heart of that real fast, um, of going to this church in this very wealthy area. Well, I got there, and at the time, they were touting things like, this is the number eight place to live in Money Magazine. You want to know what I figured out when I got there? People were eyeball deep in debt. And I had, had all these families that we were ministering to, and, and I, I, remember, I remember one family in particular came in, and they lived in one of these, you know, crazy expensive houses, which most of the town was crazy expensive houses. The average house price was very high, and this was back then, whatever. Uh, but I remember ministering this one family, and the mother coming to me and saying, Chris... Uh, our daughter can't go to camp this summer. And I'm like, and, and she's telling me this out the window of like what today would be a $100,000 SUV, okay, Cadillac, Escalade. And, and I wasn't judging her. I was trying to figure out what's going on here, you know? Like I'm confused because what I'm looking at and what I'm hearing are two different things, and it's the debt. And listen, we all, you know, most, most of us at this point have debt, you know. And I got plenty between the business and all this kind of stuff. Glad to, I'm an open book. You can ask me about any of it. I'll tell you every bit of it. In fact, I'll tell you every bit of it. I'll show it all to you. And then I'll ask you if you can explain it and tell me if God's not working it out in my family's life, okay? But we got to be careful that those things don't become the things that we worship. We've got to be careful with that stuff. We have to. I want to go on. Proverbs 14, 21 says this. It says, whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. God loves it when we help others. He loves it when we help others. He despises when we take from the poor. And we see that Proverbs 22, verse 22. It says this, it says, Do not rob the poor because he is poor or crush the afflicted at the gate for the Lord will plead their case and rob of life those who rob them. This is, you know, again, more warnings, you know, or another warning. Uh, the one before that, you know, we've got this, you kind of, we've got a, a both end, we've got, seeing the Lord loving it when we help the poor, and then this other where we're being warned, like, don't, don't take from the poor. Don't take advantage of the poor, right? Then Proverbs 10.4 says this. It says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Proverbs 10.4. This is, this is a, a reminder that God made us to work. And that we're called to work and we have satisfaction in accomplishing things. That's all part of how God made us. But it's also a part of the fall. You know? I, I had a Bible teacher in high school that used to, he was, he's also a farmer. And I love this dude. He's, he's still alive. And uh, man, I get to see him every once in a while and, and ask him random stuff, which is so awesome. Uh, but uh, and he, man, he loves the Lord. 
And, uh, but he, he used to equate the fall of Adam with the day that man had no more air-conditioned John Deere tractors. He was like, it's, a, it's like imagining you're out there with an ox, you know, back to, you know, plowing the ground and, you know, no more air-conditioned John Deere, you know, for you kind of thing. Uh, you know, it, it makes sense because we live in Sheeton County. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, the truth is, is that God's called us to work. He's called us to work hard. He blesses hard work, and we see that all throughout Scripture, right? Then we get Proverbs 23, and in Proverbs 23, we have another warning. It says this in verse 4. It says, do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. Be careful about making your life goal be wealth. What, 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 what are your life goals? What are your life goals? I mean, like, really, like, what are the things that, like, you're thinking, like, you know, when we retire, I want, want life to be about this. Is it about, is, it about, is it about the size of the house or the kind of car or the, you know, what, what is it that, is, is so in, that you're so enamored with right now that you're thinking that's what it's going to be about Maybe it's, maybe it's God wanting to use you to do great things for his kingdom with those things that you got to enjoy once upon a time while you were here. What does that look like? That's a, that's a shifting gears mentality right there. You know, and, we, and we all, listen, you say, Chris, you're up here telling all this and don't tell me you don't struggle. I struggle. I struggle. I struggle because I'll, I'll tell you, one, for, one, for one reason... I enjoy something called the hunt, you know? And, and the hunt was made easier with this thing called Facebook Marketplace, right? I can't tell you how many times. I, I, I try not to let myself just fall into that rabbit hole, but I guarantee you there's been a lot of, for whatever reason, a lot of Sunday nights. That's kind of like I go home and crash usually on Sunday afternoon, and we have micro church on Sunday evening, and then I, I end up staying up really late beyond everybody else, and I'll sit there and scroll, and there have been, there have been many Sunday nights I have found something on Facebook Marketplace, and, I, and I've gone in there with the, I'm going to find something to turn a buck, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make money with something that somebody else is selling, we're going to figure this out tonight, you know, I have, I have been laying in bed messaging with somebody at 2 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night, Monday morning, and then sent one of my employees to get something in another state that next morning, you know. I mean, and, and that's, you know, that's part of, you know, it's part of business or whatever sometimes. But if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes we become enamored and infatuated and these become our idols. Even something just like just the hunt, not just the stuff, but the act of getting the stuff. I know I'm like throwing a whole bunch of dudes under the bus right now and they're like, they're going to kill me later. I'm sorry. Um, man, it is what it is. Proverbs 10.22. Proverbs 10.22 says this. It says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Listen, it's, it's easy to get caught up in worrying about money. And I've been there, and I've been there recently. It, it's, it's probably the thing that's the easiest for us to fall into worrying about. And I've been there recently. And the truth is, is that this verse reminds us that it is the Lord who provides, not me. The Lord provides, not me, not my employer. Now, employer, does, does, you know, would, does God use our hands? Does he use our hard work? Does he use, yeah, he does. Absolutely he does. And I think, you know, sometimes people just want to kick it into cruise control before they should, even at that, you know, when there's still hard work to be done, you know. And if you really do need more money, then get to work, you know. You got to do more than one thing, okay. Come join my club. Let's go do it together, you know. And, and the truth is, is where in my life I have found that to be a burden in the past, today I find it to be a blessing. And the biggest part of the blessing, and I mean this with my whole heart, the biggest part of the blessing 
of me doing something outside of being a pastor is that I get to minister to all kinds of people that I would never have met in my entire life. It is absolutely amazing to me. Counseled a friend yesterday on the phone for a good while who's just going through a really tough time. And I know him because of my business. I would never have met him because I'm a pastor. The Lord knows what he's doing. We can trust him. We can waller in it and, oh, God, why do I got to? You know what? He's going to provide. He's going to provide. Trust in the Lord. Lean not in your own understanding, right? Proverbs 3 9 says this. This is going back to Proverbs 3. I love Proverbs 3, by the way. Proverbs 3, verse 9 says this. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now, the very end of that ought to get some of you ladies going real good right there. Like, well, I've been looking for this verse, you know. Well, faithful to the Lord. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. This is a... This is a, a challenge, this is a command, really, uh, you know, for us to see what we're supposed to do with our wealth. Well, what are we supposed to do? Jimmy, honor the Lord with your wealth. What's that mean for you? I don't know. Pray. Pray about what, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you to honor the Lord with your wealth? He goes on and says, and with the first fruits." Of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So we've got honor the Lord with our wealth and then we have this idea of first fruits, which is of bringing our offerings to him first. This is, this is the thing that my parents taught me when I was young that I'm so grateful for. And it is the thing that we have... I've not wavered on, and, and my family has not wavered on in our giving. We give. To be real clear, just to understand, like, I am not talking about anything today that I'm not willing to walk through with you, okay? God has called me, myself, to be faithful with the things that he has given me as much, if not more, than he has called anyone else in our congregation. And... I am so thankful that my parents taught me that when I was young because along the way we've, we've been able to be faithful with that and we've been able to see what God can do if you're faithful with it. Now, here's where, here's where there is a sensationalist uh, possibility to take this and go what we call prosperity gospel on this, which is a false gospel, okay? We see all through Scripture this understanding that God will bless our faithfulness, okay? But this is not a get-rich-quick scheme because I will be the first to say that sometimes how God blesses us isn't the way that we hoped, you know? I'm still waiting on that Shelby Mustang, right? I'm still waiting on it. And there's nothing wrong with owning a Shelby Mustang, you know? There's really nothing wrong with that. But for us to understand that God's blessing of our faithfulness doesn't always equate to, hey, here's a, here's a big old bunch of money, right, for you to swim in like Uncle Scrooge or whatever, right? Some of y'all are singing DuckTales right now. <laughs> I started singing, but I'm not going to because you'll never stop. You're doing it anyway. Sorry. But, I mean, how... How true is this for us? And, and we know, we know that the, the New Testament, it's all over the New Testament, that God has, God has brought us, given us the things uh, to use that are really His, and we're managers of it, and what are we doing with it? And what would you do with your manager's stuff? What would you do with your manager's money from the place that you work? What is God calling us to do with it? He's saying just be faithful with it. Jesus says, just give it all and follow me, <laughs> you know? 
There's your New Testament thing. I mean, uh, Old Testament, we see the tithe, and we see the tithe all over the, New, the Old Testament, and, and Jesus, you know, mentions the tithe when he's talking to the Pharisees, and, you know, but we see, you know, if we're going to go Pauline on it and look at what Paul says about it, I mean, we see him talk in kind of a different light a little bit. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. We'll, we'll catch that, you know, where it's not as legalistic sounding, okay, but the tithe is 10%, and, you know, if you're asking the question, I don't know how much to give, I, I think that's a great place to start. And you say, well, Chris, are you, are you saying that we've got to follow the Old Testament? Are we free from, you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law and all those things? I, again, I think it's a great place to start. I'm not saying that there is the place, but we see that in the Old Testament, and we see that over and over in the Old Testament, and we're still studying the Old Testament, right? It's still God's Word, right? So we have this understanding that this was something that they used but again, the whole purpose of it is this. It's to keep us from loving it too much. I equate it with why I can't own a perfect car. I've got these two Mustangs that I've had for a long time. One of them since I was 21. You've heard me yak about this stuff before. One of them went away for many years for a friend to paint it. And when it came back... The moment we took it off the trailer, we completely ruined the front bumper on this car, which is painted, you know, and it got painted in North Carolina. <clears throat> I was out in the driveway that night throwing things and saying things, and I had two friends there that I'll leave, I'll let be unnamed so that you can't go ask them what I said. Um, but I, I was not in a good place. Why? Because I paid a bunch of money over a bunch of years to a friend to paint this car, which I can't do, you know. And I've, you know, loved this car forever. It's kind of a part of our lives, whatever, you know. And, you know, in that moment, it's like, oh, it's ruined, you know. i never forget my 67 when I got it. I think it was like the second day I had it, you know. I, I, I used to roll them. They're standard shift cars, and would roll them around and stuff, and I, on a 67, I, I've, I've owned so many 67s over the years as a kid and whatnot, I know exactly, you throw it in neutral, and I can, I've got this certain spot that I can open the door and kind of back into the door uh, jam and like push the car back with my feet or whatever and put it where I want to, you know, so dumb now that uh, after that day and I've scratched the car, like it's still there, I can show it to you, Right? And it's like, and it's, and, and, and here, you know what I, you know what I really believe in my heart? And it's not me even being silly. I believe that those things happen and the Lord allows those things to happen for him to go, not your idol, not your idol, just a stupid car, right? It's just a stupid, and, and it's, that's true. That's true for us today, you know? And we make so much out of things that are here. And the Lord's like, hey, honor me with your wealth. Give to me first. Give to me first. I, I, I think that's still good for us. First fruits deal is all over, all over Scripture. I think that's still good for us. You know? You're like, well, Chris, how do you, how do you balance your budget? We give first. Now, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what our convictions have led us to do, okay? And I can say this, again, and if you want to look at it, you are more than welcome. It is the craziest looking thing you'll ever look at in your life is to see the bank accounts of my life and how they pan out and work out makes absolutely no sense to me because at the end of the day, all I can say is I know that the Lord is the one providing because otherwise it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Now, I'm going to also couple that with this verse, which is Proverbs 22, 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. Again, what we see all throughout Scripture 
is this understanding that God will bless us for being faithful to Him. But I'm not going to go, and I'm not going to follow them there, the, the false gospel and the, and the dudes that want to teach it, or whoever that wants to teach it, which is this whole like, you know, well, you give, you know, you just keep giving and God's going to make you rich, you know, kind of an idea like it's some equation. That's, it is not an equation. This is about our heart. Let me say it again. This is about our heart. And where is our heart with our money? Are we clinging to it? Are we so, you know, and, and listen, I, I think, I think there's, a, there's a place for saving. There's a place for investing. I've done a bunch of that. Kind of felt led to it. Don't really have a retirement. I'm like, okay, we're going we're gonna to invest in these things that hopefully won't just completely tank when we get old. You know, they probably will. And then I'll be coming to your house for dinner. It's okay. But, yeah. Over and over through Scripture, we see this theme. 1 Timothy 6, 10 says this. It says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs, many, much pain, like sharp pains is what that's talking about right there. We should use that word more often, pangs. That's a good, I like that word. But, you know, if money is our only focus, it'll lead us astray, and it will bring us much pain. And more than likely, you've probably already found that out somewhere along the way. You've probably already been about that at some point, and it hadn't worked out for you. I know I have. And the truth is, he knows what we need. He knows what we need. Proverbs fifteen sixteen. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure and trouble with it. You, you see what that's saying, right? Like sometimes God purposefully doesn't give us a lot doesn't give us a lot of money, doesn't give us a lot of whatever it is we think we need. I think sometimes he does that because he's trying to keep us in check. He's trying to keep us from falling in love and making idols out of stuff here on earth. We love the stuff on earth too much sometimes. And we make idols out of them. And I go back to the parable of the talents. And you remember the parable of the talents and you got to you got a guy, and he's got three servants, and he brings them in, and he says, hey, I'm going to give you five talents, and I'm going to give you two, and I'm going to give you one, and I want you guys to go and invest it, and then I want you to bring it back, right? And the first two guys, the guy with the five and the guy with the two, they go and invest, and they double their money. It's literally talking about money. This is a parable that Jesus teaches, okay? Literally talking about money. He goes back. He's not just talking about money when, when Jesus is teaching this, by the way. But he is using it as an example. And he, he goes, they, the, the first two go, and they double their money. And then the third one, he comes back and he says, well, Master, I, you know, I know that uh, you're a hard man and you love your money. And, you know, I, I just went and buried it in the ground. And, you know, here it is. Here's your, here's your one back. So I kept it safe for you. And to the first two, he says, this is amazing, and you shall be blessed for it. And the third one, who buried it in the ground and didn't invest it at all, he says to him, I, I told you what to do with this, and you didn't, even, you didn't even do it. And for that reason, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to give it to one of the other guys that apparently knows what to do with this and how to be faithful with it. And it says this in... Matthew 25, 21, it says, His master said to him, Well done. This is to the, two, the first two. He says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And here, here's the thing. This isn't just about money. This is truthfully about all these things that God has called us to in life and whether or not we're faithful with them. Right? 
money falls into that. But it, it's all these other things too. And us being good stewards of all those things. And what's it look like for us to be good stewards of all those things? God wants to bless you. But if he knows you're going to squander it, good luck. It's why he's not going to let me find a winning lottery ticket laying on the ground. He knows I'm just going to go buy some stupid cars, right? Maybe we'll get a little bit bigger house. I don't know. He knows. He knows our hearts. And the thing is, is that's really all he wants is he wants our hearts. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to love him. He wants to be the idol of our lives. He wants to be the object of our affection. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, Paul gives us this. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So I am here with that verse to tell you today, do not give an offering today if you're like, I don't really want to give this. Keep it and work that out with the Lord. Right? I mean, what's it say? Verse 7, each one must give as he's decided where? In his heart. Again, the Lord wants our hearts. He wants us to love him. When we love him and he's the object of our affection and we come back to the gospel and we are reminded of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, everything changes. We quit worrying about stuff. We start realizing, oh yeah, God, God is my provider. Oh, I'm reminded of that today. You know, and we can be Christians for a billion years as long as we're on this earth and we haven't gone into glory with the Lord yet. We're still going to have moments where we doubt that. Isn't that amazing? How dumb we are, right? I think about that all the time. Like, how many times does the Lord need to teach me this, right? That he's the provider, that he's got this. And I have found for me personally, one of the ways that I do that is I just pray over the giving that we do. And I think, especially in modern churches, and we don't pass the plates, and COVID, you know, helped with some of that, uh, which whatever. Um, you know, now we've got the boxes and things. We're grateful for that. And we've got like 15,000 ways to be able to do it digitally, and that's all great and good. But I think we still need to be reminded that in our hearts, this is a part of our worship. This is a part of our discipleship. And it's a huge part because it has to do with what? Your heart. Your heart. For us as a church, we're an open book. I feel like I have to say something about this while we're talking about this subject. For us as a church, we're an open book with what we do with the finances. Um, we see in Scripture, we see Paul talk about Timothy, the supporting of uh, the pastors through the church. We see, uh, again, the bringing back the storehouse. If you want to get into the Malachi stuff or whatever, that's talking about you know produce stuff, you know, kind of more specifically, but it, it does apply but you don't go too far with it and make it prosperity gospel. Uh, you know, and, and we're reminded you know, of Matthew 6.21, which we don't have up there, but where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And again, it's about our heart. It's about our worship. Proverbs 30, verse 7, says this. It says, two things I ask you, deny them not before... Uh, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from the falsehood of lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you, and say, Who is the Lord? And lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Ray Ortland says this is the only prayer in all of Proverbs. And you look at that, and do you see what he's praying? Right there in verse 8. It says, remove far from me, uh, remove far from me falsehood and lying. 
give me neither poverty nor riches. He's saying, Lord, don't make me poor and don't make me rich. Why? Because he understood the pitfalls that come with money. I mean, nobody wants to be poor. We we understand that part. Why, Why wouldn't he want to be rich, right? Some of the happiest folks I've ever met in my life are in that tax bracket. They're in the tax bracket of they're not poor and they're not rich. But they're trusting in the Lord and he's providing. And they're happy and they're satisfied and they don't spend their lives squandering away what they wish they had and what they don't. Right? Trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. God will do this however he wants to, folks. I have so many stories. I'll give you one in 60 seconds. A few years ago, many years ago now, I lost a friend to a motorcycle accident. And he was uh, doing things with parts in the business that I have that, uh, uh, you know, he was just a vendor for these parts, basically. And using people in Nashville to do the work and yada, yada. Well, long story short, in his death, I offered to his dad, hey, I'd like to help you, you know, get through this moment and you not have to deal with the people that are going to be looking for their parts. Let me help you with that stuff. I don't want, to, I don't want money. I just want to help you. We did this. this. This took way longer than I thought. It turned into almost a year-long deal to get through all of it. And long story short, in the end, they offered for me to buy that business, and I bought that business. And they wanted, they wanted so badly for me to do that business and don't tell me that this isn't the Lord providing for my family because I can tell you it is, um, that they, he basically begged me, begged me, Chris, we really want you to do this to the point that we will, we will tote the note on the loan you know, for the agreed-upon price, which was a, a low price in my opinion, but it was still, I don't know, about $30,000, I think. And he said, uh, we'll, we'll tote the note, pay us $1,000, Three times a year, no interest. That's how bad they wanted me to do it. And I was like, wow, okay. He's like, and obviously if you want to pay it off earlier, that's fine. I get two payments in. And one night he calls me. And he had just sold Mike's house. And he said to me, he's, he's crying. He's very introverted. He doesn't talk a lot. Um, I found out through this that I'm one of the closest people in his life you know, through the funeral and everything else. And um, he, uh, he called me and said, Chris, got all this money for Mike's house. You know, the Lord, Lord's blessed us with this. I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. And he was looking for some counsel. What do I do with this? And so I gave him some ideas. And he said, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to give to, you know, some things. And, and we talked about that. And I gave him some ideas. And he said, I'd like to give to something that, you know, that Mike would have liked, which is tricky. Mike was not a believer. And, but we talked about that in some options. And he said, there's one more thing, uh, one more other thing I want to talk to you before we get off the phone. I said, okay, what is it? He said, uh, Bev and I have talked, and we want to forgive the debt. Forgive the debt of, I don't know, $28,000 or something, maybe more than that. I can't remember now. The Lord does this how he wants to do it. And we need to get that through our thick skulls sometimes. Because we're so good at doubting. I felt led, something we talked about in staff meeting even this week just led me down this road. It's like we get so concerned about what's coming ahead because we quit looking back to see what he's done. If we turn around and see all the ways that God has provided for us, we would never once miss a lick on thinking about following him in anything he calls us to do. I'm not just talking about our money. I'm talking about everything that he calls us to do. He's got this. And he's got you. He made you and he loves you. And here's the greatest, here's the greatest piece of it all is 2 Corinthians 8 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. 
That's not the rich that we're thinking of at the bank, right? That's the rich that we are in salvation through Jesus. Praise the Lord that God loves us, cares for us, created us, and sent his one and only son to take death for us on our behalf on the cross to pay the ransom that we might be forgiven, that we might be saved, that we might become part of the family. He is it. He is the ultimate blessing. He gives and he takes away the question is, does he have our hearts in these things? Is he truly the king? Because it's not about being poor and it's not about being rich. It's about being satisfied in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. God, help us to just follow you wherever you want us to go. God, I pray... I'm praying, I pray right now over these families and these individuals, Lord, that are hearing this, listening to this online or here in person, Lord, that um, maybe they're asking you right now, Lord, what does it look like for me to be faithful to you in this area of my life? God, I pray, Lord, that you would, you would lead them in that. Lead them in that. God, help, help me. Lead me in that. Lead my family in that. May we be faithful to you in this area of our lives. God, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done in our lives and in the life of this church and how you have continually provided and worked through the giving of your people being faithful. God, may we be faithful. And out of it, God, I pray, Lord, that you would take that those gifts, that money, and, and use it to multiply and do amazing things for your kingdom that people would know Jesus. God, we thank you for your son. And today we ask all this in his name.